Okay, sorry, sorry everybody for the slight delays we've had. Um, but we'll get started. We've got uh, some speakers here today with us, and uh, we've got Father Father Brady here as well from St John's to do the blessing. Um, so, first and foremost, I'd just like to welcome uh, you all to St Conville Cemetery as we commemorate the final resting place of Celtic great Joe Dodds. So a really good turnout here today, which includes some guys from the. Uh, Willie Angus VC Supporters Club as well. Thanks for coming, lads. Uh, I'm also delighted on behalf of the Celtic Grave Society to welcome two new speakers to our commemorations. Stephen, Stephen Murray, uh, the author of uh, uh, Celtic Books, Ten Men Who Won the League and Kenny of the Celtic. And Paul John Dykes, author of The Quality Street Gang, Celtic Smiler and uh, the Andy Lynch autobiography, Hoops, Stars and Stripes. Also here today we have uh, Lisbon Lion Jim Craig, not only here today as Celtic Grave Society patron, but also as a significant member of the sec second Celtic team to win six successive Scottish League titles. We also have uh, Joseph Dodds, grandson of Joe, who will speak on behalf of the Dodds family. After the speeches, Father, Father Brady will conduct the blessing of the headstone which has been restored for today's, today's event by Dan Rooney. Thanks again to Dan for the excellent work that he does for the Celtic Grave Society. We'll then lay flowers at the graveside and close the ceremony with a few words of thanks and pictures that anybody may want to take. This event signifies the commencement of a new Celtic Grave Society project. That project is to remember some of those players who played a part in Celtic's record-breaking achievement of winning six consecutive Scottish League titles between 1905 and 1910. What a way to start this project with one of the best remembered Celtic players from that era, fearless Joe Dodds. We also thought it appropriate to start the project on the same weekend that the current Celtic team will emulate that feat when Scott Brown lifts Celtic's sixth successive Scottish League title trophy of this era. Whilst none of us here today, I don't think, were around when Celtic won six <coughs> successive titles the first time back in 1910, we will be aware of some of the players who took part in those successful seasons, such as Ali McNair, Jimmy Quinn, Jimmy McMenemy, and of course, Joe Dodds. <coughs> I was lucky enough to see six in a row, Mark II, which was completed in 1971. My first cup final was 1965, so I put a marker down at the start of those glory years and it was only fitting that Celtic won the European Cup on the day of my 11th birthday. Jim, thanks. I could never have. <laughs> of course the Celtic greats from those years are in our mind's eye. The Lisbon Lions are embedded in our hearts. And now we here we are with the current team led by a new first class manager who has his eye on taking the current success even further. And hopefully there are some younger fans here today who will look back in the years to come and tell their kids of a fantastically successful period in Celtic Football Club's history. But today we focus on one of Celtic's most famous sons, Joe Dodds. Joe Dodds was said to be a light, lightning quick fullback with a powerful shot and he was part of an exceptionally good defence that included the likes of Charlie Shaw, Ali McNair and Sonny Jim Young. 
He joined the club from Carluke Milton Rovers in May 1908. And although famous as a left back, he was versatile enough to play other defensive positions for the club. During his time at Celtic, Joe amassed 434 appearances in all competitions and scored 34 goals, 22 of which were penalty kicks. Joe was born in Kirluk in 1887 and it's said he went to school with Willie Angus, who was at Celtic before he joined the army and was awarded the Victoria Cross in 1915. There aren't too many Celtic team references of Willie Angus as he didn't play a first team competitive game. However, he did play in a benefit game featuring a Celtic 11 via Junior 11 at Dalmuir on the 6th of May 1912. And alongside Willie Angus was Joe Dodds, as well as other Celtic legends, Jimmy Quinn and Jimmy McMenemy, and Celtic legends to be at that time, Willie McStay and Patsy Gallagher. How fantastic for two former schoolmates to have the opportunity to play alongside each other in the famous green and white of Celtic Football Club. Just before I pass you on to some of the other <coughs> speakers here, another wee snippet regarding Joe is that is from 1916, when Celtic played two Scottish League matches in the same day. Due to a fixture pile-up, Celtic played two League matches on the 15th of April 1916. In the afternoon, Celtic hammered Wraith Rovers 6-0 at Celtic Park, with Joe Dodds scoring not just a cracker of a goal, but a record-breaking goal, which is described in more detail with the booklets that will be available at the end of the, the, the event. Having beaten Wraith Rovers, Celtic travelled through to Motherwell for an evening match in which Celtic ran out comfortable win winners by three goals to one, with Joe scoring one goal from a penalty, to become the only Celt to score two competitive goals in one day for the club. And when you, when you, when you look at that and the type of goals that he scored with the penalty kicks, the powerful shot, it just takes you to an, an immediate thought to Tommy Gemmell, who unfortunately passed away quite, quite recently. It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's great to remember from Joe's perspective that uh, he, he wasn't just a defender. He was actually out there making a difference through all of the team by contributing goals, which might have been not as commonplace in that day and age. I'd like to pass you on now uh, to Jim Craig, our patron. I've read about... Joe Dodge, obviously, everybody else has read about Joe Dodge in the past. And there are certain factors of his life and career that uh, always make me think. The first of all is that, you know, a career that was interrupted by First World War, which um, wasn't the perfect time for a number of reasons for players to play their football. The second was that he was a very quick player, obviously, and the goal-scoring record, including penalties, is very, very good. So he must have come forward, and I've, I've often wondered how many shouts he got from the side to get back again, because that was always a problem I had at school, where when you're the big guy put to centre-half, and you can play a bit of football as well, when you come out of defence with the ball, what do you do with it? Do you give it to a player that's not as good as you, or do you come forward? And if you come forward, somebody shouts for the side and get back, you know? So Joe would have found it quite difficult back in those days because the way fullbacks played then was the centre half was an attacking player able to take part in attack. So he was allowed to come forward at will almost, and the two fullbacks tucked in to cover for him. So a lot of Joe's time, although he had this great pace come forward, a lot of his time would have been in as a cover there. They must have felt really frustrated. 
it sometimes we had, because he had the pace to get forward and back again. And you can imagine if he played in the 60s or 70s, he'd be a wing-back or an attacking full-back and would have absolutely reveled in the task. But he had a fantastic career and, um, uh, you know, he scored a number of penalty kicks that he did, obviously, a very calm man as well. And as I said, just a, a shame that the career could have been better in terms of easier for him had it been in a, a different uh, generation. On behalf of Celtics, every, uh, Celtics fans everywhere, I would like to congratulate, first of all, the members of the Dodge family who are here today uh, for having such a distinguished accent. And also thank them on behalf of Celtic football for, for giving the club such a fine player. Thank you very much. now Stephen Murray for a few words. <coughs> Reverend Father, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for the invitation from Celtic Graves to speak on behalf uh, about the great Joe Dodds. Um, I'm a wee bit embarrassed actually because uh, there's a guy called Ian McCallum who's wrote all these great books about the Warriors and Celtic successes and all the great characters of that era and Ian couldn't be with us today so I've not got any doubts I'm a poor substitute in his place but I do have to say that Ian's been brilliant at, at giving me facts and research uh, to help me uh, with what I've got to say today. Uh, firstly, can I say on a personal level, St Convos is a very special place to me. <coughs> my dad rests over there on the left hand side at the big crucifix. My parental grandparents are over there. My maternal grandparents are over there at the, the bridge side at the bar head end. So this place is, uh, is it's very special in, uh, in my heart. Now, I went to school in St Gerald's and Govan and I'm looking about there's a couple in here. You can see a few familiar faces. And um, we had a guy called Matt Lynch, who was our mathematics teacher. Now Matt was a, Matt was a character, to be honest. He was Celtic mad, he, he was an ex-Celtic player, he was involved with the Celtic Supporters Association. But to be blunt, Matt, Matt was a hard wee guy. You know, he didn't mess with Matt Lynch. And th these were the days that teachers could wield a, a foot-long leather strap to keep the pupils in place. And Matt very often uh, took the strap. But in between Pythagoras theorem and all these other things that he was trying to teach us, when I got to the end of the period, Matt liked nothing better to talk about Celtic, and particularly the older Celtic players that he could remember, that didn't mean a great deal to us, but he, he was going to, he filled us in a wee bit in, in the history of the club, and some of the great characters that played. And I remember him talking vividly about guys like Johnny Thompson and Jimmy McGrory, Bobby Evans and Charlie Tully, who were all great favourites of his. Now, we used to pull Matt's chain a wee bit, because he used to say to us that the best Celtic player I ever saw was a guy called Malcolm McDonald. And we used to say, is that that Superman guy who plays for Newcastle? He went off, he's not. And then he would say, one of the best goalkeepers that he ever saw was Willie Miller for the 1940s. And we would say, that Aberdeen guy with a moustache? He went off, he's not. <laughs> but the first time that I, uh, Matt really, he used to recite teams like poetry. You know, like, like uh, to my generation, Simpson, Craig and Gemmell just trips, trips off the tongue. You don't even need to think about it, it comes automatic. And that's when I first heard the phrase, Sean McNair and Dodds for Matt Lynch. Now, Sean McNair and Dodds, as a triumvirate, are the stuff of Celtic legend. In my eyes, you can't really mention one without mentioning the three, because they're, they're, they're a trio that will always, always be remembered in Celtic history. Willie Bailey was once quoted as saying, Sean McNair and Dodds understand each other so well that they have developed a pass back into a scientific move of which there have been many imitators, but none to equal the originators. Now, we're we are living in a, a, a very good era in terms of Celtic success. We're enjoying the six in a row, as Frank was mentioning there, and 
hopefully that's going to carry on and carry on and this period of success will last for a long time to come yet. Now, in a recent Celtic Underground article, I was writing about the last six in a row, which Frank alluded to, in 1971 when Celtic beat Air 2-0 at Hamden Park. Jim might very well have been playing that night. Uh, it was quite a low-key game and it was probably best remembered as one of the early appearances of Kenny Dalglish in the Celtic jersey. But I think it's important that although we remember this six in a row and the six in a row from the Steen era, that we remember the original six in a row because although it's in the mists of time, it should always, always be remembered as the original and probably the hardest as well because I would imagine in those days that the competition was stiffer perhaps than we face now with the financial advantage that Celtic have as a club. Now Joe Dodge was part of the last two of the six in a row era and it shouldn't be forgotten then that Joe Dodge also went on to have four in a row later in his career and he had eight league championship medals in total. He was a hugely successful player in that period. So what kind of player was Joe Dodds? I once read an article about Alec Ferguson that when he sent his scouts worldwide for Manchester United, the scouts would come back with a report and the first thing that Ferguson asked him before they could uh, get a word of the report was, has he got pace? Because pace is so vitally important in the modern game. Now you only have to look at our team at the moment and you get the likes of Scott Sinclair and James Forrest, tremendously exciting players who run with pace and talent and skill and it's really, really exciting. Now, uh, there's no doubt Alec Ferguson would have liked Joe Dodds because every uh, article that you read about Joe Dodds, every sort of match report, it says that, that Dodds' speed, not only speed of thought, but the, the, the pace that he had, the speed that he had, it was vital to Celtic at that time, particularly, as Jim was saying there, when the two full-backs were, were your, your main source of defence because the half-back line were, were further up the field in an, an old-fashioned 2-3-5 formation. The full-backs were very different in the, the 1910s, as we said there. Uh, the age of the overlapping full-backs like Craig and Gemmell was, was a long way off in, in future years. But Joe's described as coming forward with a cannonball shot very similar to Tommy Gemmell in later years. Now, sad to say, Joe Dodds only gained three camps, three camps for Scotland. There's no great surprise there. Um, Jimmy Brownlee, the famous third Lanark goalkeeper of the period, commented that Joe did not get full justice from the SFP selectors. Newspaper reports of the period state that Dodds was a consistent player. And you read historians who say that he, he never had a bad game. Now, what makes a great player a great player? isn't only the skill and the ability to play well on the day, it's the ability to play to a certain degree on a consistent basis. I mean, there's a whole lot of players out there who are good one week and then go four weeks being mediocre. But when you read the reports about Joe Dodds, it's amazing the level of consistency that the man had over a great period of time. Terry Dick brilliantly describes the poverty in Glasgow in 1888 of which Celtic was born. And by the 1910s, things really hadn't improved much, but one thing was to get worse, sadly was the outcome of the, uh, the outbreak rather of the Great War. Now they called it the Great War, it was a terrible war. And this wasn't the conventional war that we'd been used to, which were fought with rifles and bayonets. This was a war now where they had terrible new weapons such as machine guns and tanks. Machine guns that could fire hundreds of bullets a minute and it caused carnage on a scale never known to man at that time. Sadly, Joe Dodds was very badly affected by the war. It's said that he had four brothers. One of them was killed in action in Lewes in 1915, one was missing in action, one lost a leg, and another was badly burned in a train accident while he was travelling to active service with the army. 
Jimmy McMinnie mate, was Joe's best friend. He was his teammate and his best man. And he also lost a brother in the Battle of Blues in 1915. Despite the tragic news, both Jimmy McMenemy and Joe Dodds played in the Glasgow Cup final against Rangers with Celtic 1-2-1. It should be pointed that the Glasgow Cup was a big tournament in those days. And uh, it says a lot for two guys like that to get bad news and still overcome their, their grief to play. And Willie Maley praised both men tremendously for their, for their courage. During World War I, Joe was exempt from service as he worked in the munitions factory in Parkhead Forge. This exemption was overturned in 19 and Joe was conscripted into the Royal Field Artillery where he became part of the British Expeditionary Force. He returned to Celtic to a hero's welcome in 1918 from the Celtic supporters of whom loved him dearly. He was later, amusingly, reputed to have been mistakenly arrested for being a deserter shortly after coming back from the war. Now Joe was a friend and schoolmate of Willie Angus of, of whom we've already mentioned and it's really worthwhile mentioning Willie Angus' story. Angus was also a Celtic player and he was awarded the Victoria Cross for Valor in 1915. He rescued a fellow Carlook man named James Martin who was injured near the German lines. In the course of uh, rescuing James Martin, he was wounded 40 times and lost an eye. And he was quoted as saying afterwards, I could not have returned to Carlook had I left a fellow Carlook man to die in the battlefield. That was true courage. Joe left Celtic for Cowdenbeath in 1920 because amazingly Cowdenbeath offered more money than Celtic. He later returned to Parkhead in 1921 and won yet another league title. He left again in 1922 over a dispute about a benefit match and then he became player manager of Queen of the South for a number of years before joining Celtic again in 1936 as the assistant trainer to Jimmy McMenemy, his great friend. And then another war came along. Joe Dodds died in October 1965. He'd seen a lot of changes in his life and he'd lived to witness the advent of the National Health Service, the welfare state, free education for all, which is a very far cry from World War I and the misery in which the war had inflicted in the Dodds family. One of his last memories would have been his beloved Celtic winning the 1965 Scottish Cup and it's a great pity that Joe could have hung on for two years to see Celtic, the Paris team from St. Uh, St Mary's in the east end of Glasgow travel all the way to Portugal to lift the most glamorous trophy of all the European Cup Joe Dodds played 378 games for Celtic he won 8 league titles and 3 Scottish Cups he is a Celtic legend rest in peace Joe and may eternal light shine upon you thank you thanks very much Stephen I'd uh, just like to introduce here uh, Paul John Dixon. Thank you, Frank. <clears throat> there are moments in Celtic's history that are instantly identifiable, perhaps simply by a scoreline, 7-1, a venue, Love Street, or the mere mention of a city, Lisbon or Seville. And the memory of these moments have become intrinsically woven into the illustrious fabric of Celtic's fairy tale history. The legend of these iconic victories and one heroic defeat have grown over time and are now almost mythical in their nature. Certain numbers are also synonymous with success throughout the Celtic story. The mere mention of 1888 will spark images of the great club rising out of oppression to instill hope, pride, charity and excitement into the lives of the underprivileged and disenchanted.
Then there's the number 1967. This brings back memories of an odyssey that took in Zurich, Nantes, Novi Sad and Prague before culminating in a visit to Lisbon. It would be there, in Portugal's national stadium, that Jockstein Celtic, including this great man to my left here, would rewrite history. The greatest tribute to that remarkable achievement 50 years ago may come tomorrow as the Celtic of today strive to complete an invincible league campaign. They have done that this season by implementing many of the characteristics exemplified by Steen's unparalleled charges. Spirit, togetherness, creativity and humility. It was on this exact day, one year ago, that we welcomed Brendan Rodgers to our football club and into our hearts. 28 years ago today, Joe Miller scored the winning goal in the Scottish Cup final. And 64 years ago, Neely Mocking and Jimmy Walsh scored the goals as Celtic beat Hibs 2-0 to win the best of British Coronation Cup. Today is a great day to celebrate those who have written their names into Celtic's history. Another number that will be at the forefront of our minds tomorrow is the number six, for we are crowned as league champions for the sixth consecutive year. As you will all know, this is the third time our club has reached such an emphatic milestone of dominance. Yet there is always a fondness and romanticism <coughs> associated with the first. As Victorian poet Robert Browning majestically exclaimed, lest you should think he never could recapture the first fine careless rapture. It is my instinct that Brendan Rodgers' side will go on to win many more titles in their current sequence, for their superiority is colossal. Jock Steen's side famously went on to become nine in a row heroes, which will surely leave the icons of 1905 to 1910 with their own endearing title, the six in a row team. It was a side full of players who sounded like superheroes. Sonny Jim Young, the icicle Alec McNair, Napoleon Jimmy McMenemy, Jimmy the mighty Quinn, and of course, fearless Joe Dodds. Joseph Dodds was born nearly 130 years ago, and he arrived four months earlier than the club he would later represent with distinction. In Shaw, McNair and Dodds, Joe formed part of a holy trinity, widely regarded as the greatest rearguard in British football. As part of the later four-in-a-row team, Joe's backline conceded just 14 league goals in 38 games, in a run that included 26 shutouts in 1913-14. It is unusual that a left-back is regarded as one of the stars of a football side. There is no doubting that Joseph Dodd certainly was one of the greats of the six-in-a-row team. As he passed away in October 1965, Celtic had embarked on a sequence of league wins <coughs> not experienced since Joe's time. Another special number three occupied the trailblazers of the 1960s and 1970s in the recently departed Tommy Gemmell, a true giant of European football and one who is sorely missed. Following in the greatest Celtic traditions, our current six in a row incumbents have another star at left back. In Kieran Tierney, we have the fan in the jersey, living out every one of our dreams of playing for our beloved Celtic. With the greatest of respect to Joseph Dodds and to Lisbon line Jim Craig, I dearly hope that Kieran and Brendan Rodgers remain at Celtic Park to surpass the six and the nine. Rodgers spoke recently about the power of another holy trinity, the fans, the players and the management. When those three facets of the club come together as one, 
as they did during six in a row and in 1967. That is when Celtic become immortal and invincible. Thank you very much. Just now, uh, grandson of Joe Dodds, Joseph Dodds, to speak on behalf of the Dodds family. On behalf of my cousin Lorna and her husband Andrew, my aunt Margaret and my uncle Len, uh, who's in our thoughts at the moment, um, it's fascinating listening to the stories about our grandfather Joseph Dodds, uh, who's in our thoughts, he was a Celtic great. Uh, these stories are just amazing, what you've said. We've been so proud of his achievements at the club. Um, what uh, Stephen Murray and John Dykes have said, it's so much in our heart that um, I've always thought, you know, it's, we're part of the Celtic family and that's always uh, been so important to us. Um, a couple of years ago I heard about the Celtic Graves for the first time from John McLaughlin at uh, a tribute at uh, St Mary's Church in the Carlton for uh, Brother Walford uh, hearing about the society. Um, my grandfather was the first person that introduced me to Parkhead. It was a big adventure for me uh, going to Parkhead, going there uh, the first thing I had, we never had lemonade at that time, it was American cream soda. Uh, they took us into Parkhead and I couldn't believe going into the stadium, going into face the jungle and it hit me amazingly to see this huge crowd. And my grandfather took me in and we had seats. I didn't have to stand watching the crowd there. And what a treat it was to see this. And through this, my first job uh, was to be with a company called GH Lewis and Partners. And we used to do the charter flights uh, for the Celtic team. And I had the privilege to meet uh, the Celtic Lisbon Lions, such as Jim Craig. He probably wouldn't remember me then because I had a full head of hair at the time. <laughs> And I got to know a lot of the Celtic people and I became friends with the late Jimmy Johnson and his wife Agnes. And uh, my grandfather, uh, I felt he had an empathy with uh, the late Tommy Gemmel playing in that position as left back. And uh, he told me about, uh, my grandfather told me about this first to achieve uh, the six in a row, which as the gentleman mentioned, was a tremendous achievement um, and at that time I used to queue up on a Sunday we didn't have season tickets we used to go there to get tickets for the European games and for Scottish Cup games and um, you know to go there about 6 o'clock in the morning to queue up to see great games that Jim played in and it was such a achievement to see them winning such great games and that will always remain in my heart to see the Lisbon Lions um, but um, I'm sure um, Lorna and my own father 
uh, would be so proud to see uh, their uh, father been honoured in such a great way by the uh, Celtic Graves Association for being such an achievement and I thank them for the hard work that they've done uh, on this day for what they've uh, given and thank you very much for our speakers today for what they've done and thank you Father for coming along and thanks for everyone for attending today. Thank you very much.
keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. If anyone would like to lay some flowers, please bring them forward now. Closing, the Celtic Grave Society would like to thank everyone for attending today. It's been a fantastic turnout, and we've called in a few favours to make sure the rain's held off long enough for us to finish. I'd like to thank the speakers today for absolutely excellent, I'm sure you all agree, and of course the Dodd family for allowing us to hold this ceremony today. Please look out for other commemorations that the Celtic Grave Society will hold as part of this project over the next few months starting with James Hay on the 17th of June at Ayr Cemetery. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, and if you would like to purchase one of our booklets, they are available with the Glamour's assistance in the back. Thanks again for uh, attending today. Well, if we bring families well, to get some photographs, Please, want to come in? Yeah. My son recently, um, the nurse that saved him and saved his life in a field down in Dufres, um, has got one of Grandpa's medals. Um, my grandpa, Joe Dodds, gave a part for saving his brother's life. And we only found out recently. Thank you so much. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So good. Forget our brother's dream.